Well, it might have been quite a while ago for you, but I guess that most of us at some point in our life have written a letter to a certain Mr. Santa Claus. And so a few years ago, The Guardian asked people to send in some of their or their children's attempts. A few of them stood out to me, like this one. Dear Santa, I want a real puppy this year, not a fake one like you gave me last year. Please don't forget, even if Mummy and Eric say no. Dear Santa, you always bring really cool stuff at Christmas, but you never bring batteries for the stuff that needs them. Do you make batteries in Lapland too? If so, it'd be very good if you could bring them, because all the shops are shut on Christmas Day. That's shrewd, isn't it? And then there's this one, probably sent in from an older author. Dear Santa, this year, please could you send me a big fat bank account and a nice slim body? And please don't get them mixed up like last year. <laughs> I don't know what's on your Christmas wish list for this year, but I wonder if you look back as an adult or as a child, I wonder how many of them are really memorable. Probably not that many, actually. Maybe one or two. The one I remember most vividly was when I was nine, because that was the year that I asked for an action man helicopter. But it was also the year a certain truth was revealed to me. And so my mother found me writing a letter at the kitchen table one day. I was writing, Dear Santa, I had written to you asking for an action man helicopter, can I change my mind? Because I've just found one in my parents' wardrobe. So I don't need you to bring me one anymore. Can I please have a Millennium Falcon instead? Treading on dangerous ground here, I, I granted. But let's just say explanations rolled that day. But I think for many of us, we have this view of Jesus that's kind of like that. It's okay believing one thing when we grow up, but we grow out of such things. We grow beyond such things as we mature. But what I want to say is that while not many gifts are memorable at Christmas, if we understand what Jesus brings, what he offers, then we will never forget it. That reading from John's Gospel that we started off with this evening, it shows us just who and what God was giving us through the baby in the manger. John writes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Folks, here we find three presents wrapped up for us under the Christmas tree, if I can put it like that. Three gifts that God offers us at Christmas. Truth, grace, himself. Firstly, truth. I'm not sure we really love it when people give us truth. But deep down, that is what we all really want. Because none of us like being lied to or deceived, do we? That's why we're so suspicious of politicians and their spin. Or salesmen. Or unexpected calls at our door or on our phone. But despite our wariness, we can all too easily be taken in. 
friend of mine recently replied to a scam email and lost tens of thousands of pounds overnight. Now, I need to say, he's not daft. He's an incredibly bright, university-educated, talented fellow. Uh, that's why, was why he had so much money in his business account, because he's been really successful over the years. But the scam was so convincing, even he was taken in. Folks, we don't want to be gullible, do we? To be taken in by lies or deception. And yet sometimes I think we are too easily in the realm of Jesus Christ and who he is. Especially at Christmas. Because it's at times like this that we jumble him up and put him in the same bucket as Santa Claus and elves and flying reindeer and the Muppets Christmas Carol. And yet John is telling us here, He's true. And you will not find a sane historian on the planet who denies that Jesus Christ walked the earth 2,000 years ago. And when he came, he spoke truth. And incredibly, unlike anyone else in all of human history, he lived out exactly what he said. I grew up in a family in which both of my parents were Christians. But other than getting dragged to church every Sunday morning, Christianity made little dent in my life. Until I started reading the Gospels, the historical accounts of Jesus' life for myself. And as I did, I found this incredible consistency to his life. He would teach that true greatness is not found in reaching some kind of status, puffing yourself up. No, 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 it's to be found in serving others, which is a fine-sounding thing to say, is it not? But then he would get down on his knees and he would wash his dusty, dirty followers' feet and live his entire life in service of others. He would teach, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And you think, <laughs> who on earth could pull something like that off? But then, as he's being murdered, he prays for the very people who are killing him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. <clears throat> it is so striking. His life and his lip match up. We're always being told these days to be true to yourself, aren't we? But I don't know anyone who consistently keeps their promises and lives up to their words and beliefs like Jesus does. And that means he can be trusted like no one else can. He will never lie to you, deceive you, or let you down. Jesus Christ is full of truth. And then John tells us that Jesus also comes full of grace. What does that mean? Grace is good things that we don't deserve and we haven't paid for. And that is the present that Jesus offers at Christmas time. And it's the one that you and I need the most. Why so? Well, I guess most of us, if we believe that God is out there, we tend to relate to him a bit like children do to Santa. Dear Santa, I've been good. Please can I have? 
Oh, dear Santa, I've been more good than bad this year. <laughs> Please, can I have? I think that's how most of us think it through. I mean, looking around here this evening, we looked like a pretty respectable crowd. And we can start to assume, well, of course God would welcome us. Why wouldn't he want to have people like us around in heaven? But God can see past the smart clothes and the nice behavior in public. He can see what is going on on the inside. And if that were exposed, that would make us a lot less secure in what we think we deserve, wouldn't it? As I was preparing for tonight, I came across a story of a guy who uh, lived in Milton Keynes. And a few years ago, he went out for his work Christmas lunch. And it was a pretty boozy do. So after he left it kind of mid-afternoon, he just staggered home and uh, flopped on the bed and fell asleep. But not long after that, he got up in his sleep and he started changing all of the light bulbs in his house while sleepwalking which, you know, not a big problem. Only he did it whilst completely naked and with all of the curtains drawn. And his neighbours, his kind neighbours out of the goodness of their hearts, started taking photos and filming him and putting it on social media and even sending it to the Daily Mail. Imagine if that was you. As these plentiful photos of you standing in your all together, perfectly framed in your house windows, start making the rounds on social media, on the internet. That would be awful, wouldn't it? To be exposed like that? But to be morally exposed? All of our thoughts revealed? What we really think of others? What we really think of full stop? as well as our actions. The things we've said about people behind their backs. And the way, no doubt this Christmas, behind closed doors, we will issue irritable and angry and unfair words. And then, in our prickly pride, be unwilling to say sorry or forgive and forget. It'd be so awful, wouldn't it? If everybody knew all of those things and more about our inner secret life, we wouldn't dare go out again. Folks, when we think about it, we don't want God to give us what we deserve. As we don't really deserve anything from him at all. We want grace. We want from him good things that we don't deserve and that we haven't paid for. And that is what Jesus offers us at Christmas. As the baby in the manger grew up to be a man who died on a cross. And it is there we see just how full of grace he is. As the punishment for all of our sin, if I can use the Bible word, our sin and our selfishness, was paid for there by Jesus. So that you and I can receive instead the blessings of his forgiveness and eternal life. And God does that by giving us himself. 
The word became flesh and dwelt among us, John says. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God came himself that first Christmas in the person of his Son. His present to us, if you like, is his presence. I suspect not many of us have put people on our Christmas wish list for this year. Those lists tend to be chock full of bikes and smartphones and scarves and jewelry. But God's gift of his son is far more valuable. Because whether you're agnostic or atheistic or religious in some kind of way, there are two issues that you can't avoid in life. Suffering and death. They catch up with everybody in the end. Suffering and death. And yet Jesus Christ came and he suffered death for us so that you and I might go to heaven. And even in the here and now, God chose to give us his son to show us that he's not distant, not aloof. He came, he cares. So I don't know how your year has gone. I suspect most of us look back on 2021 in the same way as we look back at 2020. Not a good year. Not a good year. And for some of us, it has been particularly painful. But knowing that God comes and that he is willing to make himself vulnerable, willing to put himself at risk, willing to suffer deeply for us, that makes all the difference in the world if you are suffering this Christmas. Because it says to us that God not only understands what we're going through, because he came and went through much worse himself, but that he is with us and for us in it. And he can be trusted to give us a hope for the future that will never disappoint. If only we will trust him. So will we? Will we trust him? Let me finish by telling you about Kerry Packer. Yeah, you maybe have never heard that name before, but if you were an Australian, that name would be synonymous with wealth and power. And so when he died a few years ago, he died worth about oh, a gazillion dollars, I think, something like that. And one of the stories that emerged when he died was an account of a time when he was out for some friends for the day, and it got later on in the evening, and so they decided to stop for dinner at a town that they were passing through in the, I was going to say countryside, but probably outback. This is, this is Oz, after all. And so they went into this pub. I said, can I have a table for five? And the landlord said, I'm sorry, we've just stopped serving food for the night. Said, really? You can't kind of swing something for us? No, sorry, the kitchen's closed. So they headed out, crossed the street to another pub. And they dined there. And at the end of the night, the bill came to $240. And so Kerry Packer, he got out his checkbook and he wrote a check for $100,240. And he gave it to the landlord. And he said, the $240 is for the food. The 100000 is the tip. On one condition. Before you cash it, you take it 
across the street and show it to that other guy. I don't know if that's generous or just mean. I'm not sure. But what was that first landlord's mistake? It wasn't that he didn't serve a meal. It's just that he hadn't recognized who he was speaking to. He hadn't realized the riches that were on offer to him from this man. Folks, please don't make that mistake with Jesus Christ. Don't get taken in by the cultural air that we, believe, uh, that we breathe and assume that he's, he's just some ancient fairy story. He is far, far too valuable for that. Truth, grace, himself. Three incredible gifts that he offers us this Christmas and any Christmas. Some gifts, we can't even remember them the next month, let alone next year. But if you get these gifts for the first time this Christmas, I guarantee you, more than that, Jesus guarantees you, better by far, Jesus guarantees you that you will never forget them and you will never regret it. So let me wish you a very happy Christmas for when the day comes and encourage you to unwrap that gift. Amen.